evening and welcome to Nightcaller's Bigfoot Radio. You're here with your hosts, Lauren Smith and Dustin Clark. It is November 6th and it's 8.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, but with daylight savings time, that don't mean nothing. How are you doing, Dustin? I'm trying to get used to the daylight savings time and I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah, same. Same. I am, I mean, like... I'm exhausted, so it's the busiest time of year at work right now for us, so I'm staying, coming in early and staying late every day, Um, so that's already, you know, kind of kicking my butt, and then daylight savings time, and then, of course, you know, children don't quite understand the concept of, like, oh, no, (laughs) no, you know, the time has changed, you go to bed this time, and you get up this time, you know, so it's, uh, it's been a struggle this week for sure. Not not to brag, but uh, mine has actually been sleeping longer and through the night. Wow! Saturday. Wow! Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you could have kept that to yourself. It would have been fine, actually. So, <laughs> um, thanks for that. Uh, no, my kids. Yeah, no. The first day after daylight savings, like they got up at um, like five in the morning, and they came in there. And they just kind of both looked like they just kind of looked at me like, what the what the crap is going on right now? What is this? Why are you awake? I mean, it was it was just like messed with all of us. Um, but oh well, it'll be all right. Just means you get to go squatching earlier in the day, right? Yep, yep, that that is for sure. But if you stay up too late squatching, you're just gonna sleep in. <laughs> Anything interesting going on in your world? Um, not today. Um, we will be today. heading out uh, the day after tomorrow on Friday, and we will be hitting the woods for the weekend, finally. Yeah, and I'm so excited. I can't wait. Yeah, like, it, it, honestly, I need, I need, to, I need to be out in the, in the outside, ASAP. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a lot of fun, and uh, we're going to the same place that two years ago around this time that uh, one of our uh, guys in Southern Bigfoot Alliance got a really awesome recording of this hopefully Bigfoot howling almost all night long. So we're hoping to get down there and be nice and quiet, and then hopefully they'll be talking us this weekend. Mm-hmm. So. Hopefully by next week I'll uh, have some more stories to tell. Yeah, you and me both. Hopefully we can come <laughs> back next week and just have a a recap from the weekend and you know kind of let you guys know what's what all's going on. Mhm. Yeah. Yep. So we're hoping for a good weekend. Plus the weather's gonna be perfect, so can't ask for much more. No. I'm ready. I'm ready to be out in the woods. I'm ready to go do all the things. Um, all right. Well, if you're ready, we can go ahead and bring Danny on. All right. All go right. Ahead introduce him. Okay. All right. So tonight we have Danny Rorabaugh from Oklahoma. Um, Danny researches not only Bigfoot, but the paranormal. He frequently ghost hunts. Um, with a paranormal team called Outcast Paranormal. So we have a really good show for you guys tonight. We are really looking forward to um, 
I mean, covering all the things. So, Danny, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, how how did you get into both topics, but what got you into Bigfoot first? Um kind of what got me into Bigfooting was uh, I think uh, a lot of people were the same way. Uh, Of course, mine came a lot later. Uh, I did not know a whole lot about uh, the Patterson-Gimlin. I knew about Bigfoot, never really paid any attention to it. I was really into the paranormal, and uh, we actually went down camping I don't know if you guys are familiar with, but down in southeast Oklahoma, there's a place called Cedar Lake. Mm-hmm. And Been um, there? we went down there. We go down there and go camping all the time. Well, I happened to be down there one night. Uh, I was walking. I, was, I had been walking around because you, you can walk all the way around the lake. And I was having fairly good luck fishing with uh, for crappie, and uh, it got dark on me, so I started walking back, and started hearing hearing this like it was a deep roar howl type sound you know and I was like I had no idea what it was uh, but I knew that whatever it was 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 big uh, it was and it didn't really dawn on me until uh, I got back to my home and it just so happened it was like Two and two kind of fell together, and I got home, and somebody sent me this YouTube video of the uh, Ohio Bigfoot house, Mm. and I was like, holy crap, that sounds a lot like what I heard at Cedar Lake, and um, I started clicking around on Bigfoot stuff, and I I saw the Patterson-Gimlin film. Of course, it was the M.K. Davis cleaned-up version, uh, or one of them, uh, but... I realized real quick, I was like, man, there's, I got to get into this. This is a new opportunity for, for me to do some research and investigating, uh, to see for myself. And, uh, I started doing a little exploring around here in Oklahoma, uh, close to Oklahoma city and found a couple of spots. Um, and in 2015, I happened to be at uh, a local lake here around Oklahoma City, and they had a – actually, it was out by Dustin's house, kind of, I guess. But um, yeah. I had heard all these people uh, – I had several people tell me about spots out there at the lake, so I they circled up on a map for me. And so I start – I park my truck, and I start walking, and I walk a long way, and – I end up way on way inside by the lake, and I encounter uh, a man and a woman fishing in a boat, and uh, they asked me if I was lost. I told them no. I said I'm not lost. I'm I'm out here just looking around, and basically told them you know you wouldn't believe me anyway. And I told them that I was Bigfoot, you know, looking for signs or something of Bigfoot. I'm not really sure what I'm looking for. I'm kind of new to it, whatever you know. 
the lady was like, oh, my Lord, should we tell him? And I'm like, tell me what? And they finally got enough courage. They uh, He trolling motored the boat as close as he could to shore, and he told me that they were fishing one time during the winter time. It was like they were pre-fishing for a tournament. He was, and she was just with him, I think. And uh, They came around a, a, a small – they came out of a bend. And there was a, he said, I'm telling you, uh, the good Lord is my witness. He said that I saw a baby Bigfoot, and it was swinging in the trees. And Mom snatched him up when they, when she saw us in the boat. She snatched him up and took off running. And he said, it, in his exact words, where it sounded like a tank running through the trees. And he said it was like the trees didn't even matter it's just running right over them and i'm like really and of course you know i'm thinking i i don't i'm new to it i'm thinking and i don't know if i believe but the woman was kind of shaking and so i knew that there was probably some uh what i knew that they had seen something but um i had gone back out a few times and i've had tree knocks i've had uh on thermal i've had uh I shine. Um, I'm not sure for sure, but I'm pretty sure that at least one time I saw one playing peekaboo around a tree. Uh, But I can't be positive because it was quite a ways off, and my thermal is not the greatest thermal in the world. So, but uh, then in 2017, uh, I had my first. Real, uh, what I consider my probably my first real encounter, and with a better thermal, I uh, I actually caught what I consider uh, what looks like a really big boy uh, walking away from us. Of course, we'd been having all kinds of stuff, rocks thrown at us, uh, branches thrown at us, um, even heard whistling. Uh, which was I, I thought was there was only three people with me and I thought one of them was whistling but they were standing right next to me so and then I was this heard that this this was actually in we were at the Honubi, uh Bigfoot uh, conference back in seventeen and oh, okay. where I was camping we had uh, we had been given access to a logging area. And so we drove probably five or six miles up this logging road, and we stopped and got out, and we walked probably a mile or so inside this thing. And all of a sudden, things just got crazy for about 15, 20 minutes. And then I caught it on video, which, uh, after, like I said, after the show, I'll, I've got a little GIF I made of it, and I'll post it in the comments for everybody to see they make what they want out of it their feedback but that's about the gist of it uh you know I've, I've been out with quite a few people uh with a different group mabrc which i'm a member of and um you know and i met bill that's with uh southern bigfoot alliance and uh i have become uh somewhat friends with him and then he introduced me to you and man i, I can't mm-hmm. wait to go out with you guys big time yeah, yeah. Bill's a pretty good, pretty good old guy. He, he's he's got a lot of stories, and he's a fun fun guy. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah, he so that, he cracks me up. <laughs> yeah, he's probably listening to this right now, but he's he's up in Indiana, so he can't get me from there. Um, <laughs> is uh is that all the your all the stuff you have of uh, experiences with Bigfoot? Um, no, I mean I've I've, I've been out. Uh, we've been to Brown Springs. Uh, I went with quite a few guys from the MABRC area, um, or the MABRC guys, uh, you know, like Jim Whitehead. Um, and then I met, uh, it's kind of a funny story. Uh, we were down in Brown Springs, and uh, we didn't have much Bigfoot activity down there, but uh, <laughs> uh, you guys know Michael Waldy, right? <laughs> yeah. We, we All right. Well, Michael Walden, we're sitting down there. Uh, there's about ten or eleven of us down there camping, and uh, all of a sudden, um, this this white pickup pulls up, and uh, he said, uh, "You guys know if I can put my my uh, he had like a." I started to say canoe, but it wasn't a canoe. It's a, uh, what do they call them? Kayak? Kayak. Uh, yeah, he had like a big, like a really long freaking kayak. Anyway, he said, do you all know where I can put my kayak in? And I was like, I don't know, man. This is like, I don't know, April, March or April. And it's like after we had all those biblical, you know, it was, it, we had got all the that rain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh. I was like, dude, you could probably put in right here. I don't know. <laughs> I was just joking around. He said, why in the – he goes, in his exact words, he goes, why are you all camped over here? And uh was like, I don't know. It was just a dry place to camp. And he goes, y'all wouldn't be doing Bigfoot or something, would you? And I was like, we like <laughs> maybe. <laughs> and uh that's how I, we met Michael Waldy that day i didn't i didn't know him and uh he ended up he goes well i can i just camp with you guys and was like come on so um <laughs> yeah me and michael we we ended up hanging out uh with todd jurassic and a, a few other guys uh we went uh i called in a whole bunch of barred owls i was waiting to hear uh i was waiting to hear maybe like a, a 600 pound owl call at us or something mm-hmm. <laughs> but that particular night that that we was there for friday saturday and sunday and all those days we were there uh larry parks and there was quite a there was a few other guys there was anyway um this black pickup chevy pickup kept driving around and then right behind where we were camping was uh a little road that was kind of like a Marsh, and because you know the Red River is right behind that, mm. but you'd hear them get off in the marsh and they'd go out four wheel driving and then they would exit out way down to the other end and they just kept going around and around all day and all night, they never stopped. And uh, the last day we were there, uh, we saw him coming out and he was pulling a RV from back behind there. And we I, we had smelled something one night, and I, I think they were cooking <laughs> illegal drugs. 
back there, and that's why they were circling. And uh, so they kind of ruined our Bigfoot moment, but it was probably one of the most uh, weird Bigfoot trips I've ever been on. <laughs> well, uh, being, being down there where Brown Springs is, I, uh, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised being in that area. Oh, yeah. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we there was spots where we found uh, – we did cast a track down there. Uh, but uh, we found, like, burnout, like, cars that were back in places where they shouldn't even – they couldn't even drive. But somehow they ended up back there, and they were burnt to the ground. I've heard hey, stories anyway. about killings and stuff that are down there, murders, stuff like that. Yeah. You you went down this April, right? Yeah, it was somewhere right in there. I mean, it was still kind of still chilly. But, uh, we went, we went, uh, we actually went down there for a hog hunt, but uh, it was last year sometime, uh, and there was a, a burnt out Ford Ranger like within a hundred yards of the river. That's it. And That's the same one. That's the truck we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't figure out how I mean it 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 probably washed downstream or something in the flood because it, I don't see that truck getting to where it was. No, that's what but, I'm saying. I was like, how in the heck did this truck get here and it looks burnt? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, uh, I mean I I've been to but I've been quite a few places uh, bigfooting, but I I haven't had. A tremendous amount of luck, but I usually go by myself, and um, I'm trying to find people. Uh, mm. I get a little nervous sometimes going by myself. I've had a few encounters that were not Bigfoot related, uh, so um, one, you know, like I've had a encounter where I'm pretty sure that I was being tracked by a, a mountain lion down southeast Oklahoma. Ooh. I was by myself, no weapon, no nothing, and I was panicking a little bit. So now I go strapped. Sometimes it depends on where I'm going. If I'm if I'm around here, I don't really worry about it. But if I go down there, you know, you got to worry about mountain lion, bear, mm-hmm. so, hogs. Yeah, hog hog will definitely ruin your day. <laughs> I'm more worried about hogs because they'll about eat you alive. Everything else will end you pretty quick, but not nasty hogs. So, yeah, you uh, get a big hog that's got some tusks on him, man. He'll tear you up. So. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, how did you get into the paranormal and the uh, paranormal investigating? <clears throat> oh, the paranormal. Uh, basically, it started when my mom passed years ago. Uh, I was, you know, at the time I was to me and my, I was just me and my dad living in his house after my mom passed, and uh, uh, just weird things started happening in the house, and uh, uh, like me and my dad would uh, would be sitting there watching TV, and the TV would just shut off, you know, and this is back in the day when. Uh, the TV we had, uh, you actually had to actually get up and flip the channel. 
So uh, uh, there was no remote control. I was a remote control. Hey, Danny, can you get up and flip that channel for me? <laughs> but um, it would just turn on and off by itself. Sometimes the channels would flip, and you could you could hear the knob moving. And hmm. it freaked me out a little bit. Um, I, I wasn't didn't know nothing about it. Um, we'd hear like the washer and dryer start up in the middle of the night, stuff like that. And my dad finally one night just said, you know, basically told mom said, you know, I we don't, you know, I, I love you and all that stuff, but I I really don't want you doing this anymore kind of freaks me out and I wish you'd just go on you know go to heaven wherever you know and then it just quit and but it really piqued my interest and I, so me and my best friend uh we decided that we were going to try this stuff and I started uh of course I'd watched some of these ghost shows and stuff that would come on during Halloween and, um so we uh, we would we actually got uh, like I said this is back in the day so I had an old tape recorder with and we would take tape recorders with us and I would tra- and we actually got uh, the first couple of times we didn't but we'd go to these houses and we would use a tape recorder and ask questions and then we'd play it back and then one day a voice showed up on this tape that wasn't us. And uh, I was like, we just kind of, me and him both freaked out. And, you know, uh, we got hooked from that from that point on. And as technology got better, we, we kept buying better equipment. And uh, the one that really got us hooked was we had a, uh, there was a house that I know, uh, it was an old farmhouse, but um, it was way out in the country. It was kind of over between. I lived in Perry, Oklahoma at the time, and it was kind of over by Enid. It was between Perry and Enid, out in the middle of the country. And uh, we went out there one night, and, you know, uh, there was people in the house, and there wasn't supposed to be anybody there. We had permission to be to actually go to this place, and... Uh, Come to find out, they were there was dev, devil worshippers there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they had pentagram in there, and they had they were burning stuff. And um, we sat outside and listened for a while, and uh, you could hear them doing these chants and stuff. And we we scared them, and uh, but one of them started firing a gun at us, and. Um, of course, it was dark. They didn't know where we were. They they missed us by a mile, but still, there I knew that they had a gun. So we we got out of there and we came back uh, two nights later, and uh, they had ran off and left the book. And I realized what it was. And after we picked it up, it was a uh, the remnants. They I don't know where the other part of the book was, but it could tell it had been ripped in half or something, but it was the Satanic Bible. Hmm. And um, so we ended up, uh, we took it off property, and uh, I actually took it uh, to a church 
and asked him what we should do with it, and he told me he would dispose of it properly. I don't know what they did with it. I have no idea. I just know I didn't want nothing to do with it. And uh, But um, we went back out there a couple of days later, and, man, this house, uh, I don't really know what happened. Uh, I know that there was a few people that had died in this house, but they were all, like, old age people. Uh, wasn't no traumatic death or nothing like that, so I'm not really sure what happened, but... <clears throat> other than the fact that maybe these satanic people that was doing crap out there maybe conjured something, I don't know. Uh, but there was the top floor had these boxes that had papers in them, and I just remember we walked into this room and we were asking questions and recording on our on our recorder, and. Um, all of a sudden, I mean, there's absolutely no wind out. Uh, most of the windows had windows, but there was a couple upstairs that didn't. But this particular room, it only had one window, and but there was no wind out. It was hot. I just remember we were sweating our butts off, and we walked in the room. We shut the door to get really quiet. We start asking questions, and then we hear footsteps, and... Of course, you know, I, I kind of freaked out a little bit. Um, <laughs> I'd never, had never, ever encountered that, and I knew that me and him were the only ones there. But my freak out wasn't ghost. It was thinking these people are back. And uh, mm. so I waited I waited till the footsteps got right to where the door was where we had just shut it, and I opened it up, and there's nobody there. And... I turn around and I guarantee you I was probably pale. Uh, I was like, I probably sound like uh, Aaron Good or Aaron Godwin from Ghost Adventures. <laughs> I don't know if you guys ever watch them or not. Zach, Nick, and Aaron, or Zach and Aaron, whatever. But anyway, I turned around. And I just looked. I go, dude. <laughs> <laughs> And he goes, and he said some words I won't repeat on here, but uh, he's like, those footsteps stopped right there. And I said, they stopped right there. And there's nobody there. And uh, about that time, we're standing by the staircase by this open door, and these papers blow out of the boxes. Nope. And me and him, <laughs> I guarantee you, I ran him over twice getting out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would be right there with you. Ain't no shame. Oh, yeah, and funny. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big dude. I'm a heavy set guy. Uh, he's a little bitty guy, so I felt really bad for him. He lost forty pounds that night from squishing. <laughs> but there was no way. I was like, you know, the old saying: all I have to do is beat you to the truck. They can have you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's but hilarious. that. That was really our first. That's the fir our first big paranormal encounter. And even as scared as we were, we were sitting in the truck. And he's like, after the freak out, after the the big rush of adrenaline calmed down, uh, we were like, that was so cool. We have got to experience that again. And so we just kept doing it. And um, man, the the better the technology got, the the less 
freaked out I became and more I realized that sometimes they actually try to communicate with you. Uh, you ask questions, they'll intelligently answer them. Um, sometimes they're, they're residual, you know, like resi- what they call residual hauntings and stuff that happens over and over every day, like time repeats itself. Um, I think a big one that you would consider that uh, I've heard, uh, one of my bucket list places to go would be Gettysburg. I've heard out on the battlefield about every night about the same time you can hear cannons and you can hear it's like time re- repeating itself. Uh, I'd like to really experience that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that'd be pretty awesome. But um, I've... Uh, not to jump forward too much, but, you know, I talked to you, Lauren, about, uh, and Dustin both. I really, you know, I've heard, I've got, I can tell you the whole story uh, a buddy of mine told me, um, but I really want to go to um, Parallel Forest. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I have a friend that back in 2009, uh, he was out there. And um, he had told me about uh, he had watched these two great big orbs. They were huge. He said, like, um, bigger than a basketball. But they weren't, like, so bright that they were uh, were kind of dim, but they, they did emit a small amount of light that it illuminated, like, leaves and stuff in the tree as it passed through. Mm-hmm. And so every time he'd get out of his truck, he would go up there. He'd sit out there and wait, and they'd, they'd show up. And every time he'd walk up to them, they'd just disappear. And so one night he decided this weekend I'm going to get the jump on them, and I'm going to go out there during the day, and I'm going to set up with my night vision and all that stuff, and I'm just going to sit in there, and I'm going to wait on them. And so that's what he did. And um, <clears throat> well, I don't know if you, I'm, if you guys have done any research or read, but there's a lot of there was. He had heard it too that there was practices going on, like say, cults and Satanist stuff. Yeah, isn't and, there supposed uh, to be an altar somewhere in the middle of it? There, there is actually a couple, from my understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. And if you go online and look, they you you can see the they actually have pictures of where somebody's taking pictures of them. But um, this particular night, he's just sitting in there. He's sitting on the ground under a tree, just waiting. And it gets dark, and he so he's waiting for the lights. He's wanting to see if they'll come on, and uh, all of a sudden, headlights show up. Well, it is a cult. It is a uh, Satanist group or whatever you want to call them. Uh, these people show up, and he said they're – just from what he could see, there was at least eight to ten people. And they're quite a ways away from him. This is like – I think Parallel Forest runs about 17 acres, I think. And he's at the very – one of the corners, and they're at a different – corner I guess so they're they're a long way off and but he sneaks over he 
got his night vision on. He could see him all run, running around over. Some of them's got robes on. Uh, but he hears a really horrible noise, and he didn't. He said it just sounded like somebody got murdered. And um, he freaked out, and he said, I started to run and then to go call 911, but I decided to wait, and it lasted about two hours. These people left, and he waited till the coast was clear. He walks over. There's a pentagram, and it's got – they had put candles on the corners of this pentagram. And um, the uh, they were still kind of smoldering or whatever. And but he he said, Danny, what I saw made me sick. And I said, What was it? And he said, They had staked a dog down to the middle of this pentagram. I said, A dog. And he said, A dog. And it was still alive. Mm. And I was like, what? I was like, so what'd you do? And he said, I did what any normal humane person would do. This dog was in trouble. I mean, it was staked right to the center of it on its side. And mm. he went back to his truck and he got his 38 and he came back and he shot it. And um, he said, then I unstaked him and I picked him up and I took him over by my pickup and took him out in the middle of a field and I dug a hole and I made a little cross and I buried him. And I was like, why would they do that? He said, you know, which I think we already know that people are freaking weirdos. I mean, I, I don't know what, yeah. but it was after, it was right after that. Um, I don't know if it was that that did it, but sometime right after that, um, I think the, they stopped letting people go in after dark. But um, I did make a few phone calls. Uh, I haven't gotten in touch with anybody yet, but I'm trying to get a clearance for one weekend to go do a dual Bigfoot ghost hunt investigation. That would be pretty awesome. Yeah, that would. Because, man, I've heard there's activity galore of Bigfoot and the paranormal, so I don't, you know, I don't even know, I don't know why, unless it's like Native American related, maybe, or it's like a curse or something. I don't know. I, but um, I, I've heard, I've heard what we're just walking through it kind of disorients you. Yeah, I can see, but you know, and I can see why. Have you ever seen like pictures? Of, I've never been there. Uh, I know that my my buddy uh, Mike he told me that um, it does kind of disorient because all the trees are planted six by six, six foot wide by six foot wide by six foot wide, mm-hmm. and so and in the middle of summer the canopy is really thick, and so while you're walking, uh, you think you're trying to remember where you were, but you can't because it all looks the same. <laughs> so I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, but only seventeen acres. It ain't like you can't figure out where you're at. So, but yeah, the um, I've had uh, my big one. My, my I think my big bucket list item that I checked off a few years ago uh, was able to go to uh, 
I went to Louisville, Kentucky, and I got to go with a group, uh, and we went to uh, the Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Oof. That's that a bucket awesome. list for me. <laughs> yeah, and I got to stay the whole weekend. Um, well, I say a whole weekend. We stayed uh we went Friday. We didn't stay the Friday night. We we went till about one o'clock in the morning, and then we left. And then we got to actually stay. We stayed all night Saturday night, and left Sunday morning. And mm-hmm. uh, if you, even if you don't ghost hunt, um, if you get a chance to go there and just take the tour, yeah, uh, the tour is freaking fantastic. Um, the the historical value that you learn is pretty amazing. Just the, the sheer number of people that died there and, and how they died. Um, you know they have a they have a drain room. I don't you know they where they used to. Uh, my under, you know just from my understanding you know the uh, of course back then they they didn't really know that much. They didn't know anything about TB, tuberculosis. So, um, and for those of the people that don't know, that's, there was a, it's a huge, used to be a hotel, I believe. Um, the, uh, but they, they turned it into a tuberculosis hospital and, uh, I don't remember the actual number. Uh, it seemed like it was, for some reason, I keep getting this number six. I was like between fifty and sixty thousand died in there in that hospital. I think Man. I could be way off, but I think I'm right. I think that's what it was. But um, I do remember them telling us like uh, some, you know, they their lungs would, would get so in such a horrible shape that they would start removing ribs and to give the lungs room to swell so they could breathe. Oh. Uh, they lost the, um, their ability to uh, regulate body temperature, and so the wintertime they just shove them outside, and a lot of them would end up with frostbite. But they felt normal. And um, uh, I know that um, the first night we didn't really have much activity. Um, uh, the second night, there's also a, uh, an area. There's a chute. You know, they had a they have a drain room where they used to. Uh, they would actually drain the bodies, and then there's a chute that which they would put the bodies down, and they put them in like an old railroad type car, uh, and they would take them down the, the tunnel. They called the death tunnel. They take them down the tunnel, and they end up by the railroad track where they would stack them and toe tag them, and they would take them to their home, wherever they're from, I guess. Um, but they would drain them because they thought the blood was, like, toxic or poisonous. They didn't, um, but, like like I said, the, the, you know, after hearing all that, I'm like, man, I think, you know, and after hearing all the stuff about the place being haunted, Friday night, we didn't really have anything happen. Saturday night, whole different story. Um, one in particular, uh, there was a ball in there, and uh, 
set it probably three feet shy of the staircase. And uh, one of the room, one of the things in there they tell you is that the kids. There's a lot. There was kids that just like mom and dads and everybody else that died there, and the kids like kicking the ball around. So Friday night we tried it. Nothing. Saturday I set it up there, and we had camera. We had a night vision camera set up with a with a dual. Um, it was a dual IR flood lamps. So it was just flood the area with IR and really bright. Um, and so I set the ball down and I said, if you any of you kids are in here, uh, I I sure would like to play ball with you. Can you kick this ball to me? Well, I waited around for a while and nothing happened. So we pick up little handheld cameras and we take off walking. And all of a sudden I hear this noise and – uh, we had walked downstairs. I'd walked downstairs to the, to the the floor below, and I see that ball come rolling by. <laughs> and I thought, no way. I said somebody's up there screwing with us. So we go back up there, and we instantly, right then, we take the camera loose. We go downstairs to where we have all of our. Uh, TV screens and stuff set up. He turns it on, he backs it up, and he's, he he hits play, and that ball launches all by itself. And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Wow. And, um, the 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 fun the the cool part, uh, you know, back in the day, I would have said creepy, but now the cool part to me was uh, about. Six to eight seconds after the ball, you can hear a what sounds like a little boy giggle, and on audio, and um, then uh, later on that evening was the. Uh, it's actually a. It's actually an instance that I'll, I'll probably never forget. Uh, I just remember. It was my first real encounter with a FLIR camera. I had never really messed with one. I'd never really seen one. It showed me how to, how it operated, and so me and this guy was together, and a friend of mine, and we were walking, and he said, I said, so on this floor, what supposedly happens? And he said, on this floor, you supposedly see a lot of apparitions, a lot of people walking back and forth in the hallway, uh, I believe it was loud bangs, loud knocks, uh, stuff being manipulated, like objects being moved, stuff like that. So we we walked up and down the hall, and we decided to we or we walked down the hall, and we decided to come back and go room to room, and which if you ever see Waverly Hills, it'll take you forever. It's so big and the room there's so many rooms there but um we started walking back and we got out in the hallway and we heard this noise and i can't really describe um they call him a creeper uh it come from right to left and it was black it was a black mass 
but it actually had a blue signature on uh, with my own eyes because it was pretty lit that night uh, with, um, I mean, the moon was out, it was bright outside. Uh, I could physically, with my own eyes, in the dark, I knew that something darker, because it was, you know, like I said, it, there was a little bit of light shining through. I saw a black mask go from right to left, and I, I looked over, and I said, what the hell was that? He said, dude, uh, I don't know what, and his exact words to me was, uh, it looked like, he said, you know what, uh, you know what a, a sperm looks like, on like in a Petri dish? And I was like, yeah, and he goes, it looks just like that with legs and arms. And about that time, it comes running back, but it's on the ceiling. And I freaked out, and I don't know. I I got uh, goosebumps really bad. I had the chills. Um, we all did. Everybody got really amped up. Yeah. Um, we had one guy that got really angry, and we don't really know why. Um, it was kind of weird. Uh, the the whole the whole uh, there was six of us total there, and um, just the whole vibe got really creepy, uh, got really different. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I've never been in that situation before, and I've still never been there since. Um, but, Do you think yeah, he was just like, you know how some people react to fear with anger? Do you think it was like that, or do you think it was something else? I don't. I can't. I don't really know. I didn't. I don't really know this guy. He. They're all. It, my friend lives in Cincinnati, and this was his part of his group, and it's the first time I'd mm-hmm. ever met him. Right. So I, I gotcha. don't. I didn't really know him. Um, I didn't get the feeling. Uh, I hadn't seen him get angry about anything. He was a really happy-go-lucky guy. Um, but you might be right. It may. It may have scared him to the point where he got mad. Um, but he was the only one and as soon as we went outside uh, he kind of walked off by himself and uh, I seen him he was kneeling he was kind of knelt down on the ground and uh, I know me and uh, Jim walked over and it was like are you okay he's like he goes yeah I'll be fine you guys need to just kind of give me some space I need to figure out what it was I just saw. So it really got to him, and I, I'll admit it was creepy. It was freaking weird, and I don't know how to explain it, but um, I don't know. I'm, I don't know if that was what you would call a demon or if that was just, I don't know. I don't know what it was. <clears throat> but I don't want to I don't want to let it, that discourage anybody from going uh it's really, it's really a cool place to go visit. It's really a cool place to go uh, learn a lot about history. Yeah, um, man. I mean, it just sounds like because it was already bucket list, but now it sounds like just even more. Like that makes me want to go more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which yeah, is actually, not um, normal. We're. we're um, Laura uh, Sprigg, she's the leader of our Outcast Paranormal. She's uh, 
we're planning on we have to have our money in by the end of December, but we're planning on trying to go back, or we're trying to go to um, Waverly Hills this next year. And so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really ready to go back because now the technology we have is, I mean, it's so far superior to what we had back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that'll be, I mean, I'm hoping y'all get even more action this time, you know? Yeah, and I'm, but I really have, uh, I really think that, um, the tr- I really hope that I can get the trip to parallel because I think we it would be a really good time. I think we'll catch something tells me that we'll catch something. I don't know. I'm, I could mm-hmm. be wrong, but I'm trying to think. Yeah, that, um, that'd be a cool little trip down there. Mm-hmm. I've got so many stories. I just don't know which ones to tell. But those were like those are like my big my main. Uh, it's kind of hard to top Waverly Hills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, just the smaller ones. So have y'all, you know, gone to um like has somebody ever called you out to their house to research? Oh yeah. Me and me and Laura did one in Wacomus, uh I wanna say it was April or May, June, somewhere in there, I can't remember. Um this guy said that he uh the guy was telling us about how he had uh, the orbs were horrible in his house, and he was ready for him to get away, go away. Uh, They're creeping him out, whatever. Well, he sent video, and you know we looked at it, and it was clearly not orbs. It was clearly uh, dog hair and tons of dust. <laughs> and um, I mean that's exactly what it was. It was just yeah. loads of dust, and you can see the dog hair and stuff like that in the video. And uh, so. We weren't really expecting much, and we get there, and um, they, uh, the guy, uh, he was a little different fella, but the, the wife was, uh, I would let's just say, heavily intoxicated. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh yeah, and uh, so we go in, and as soon as we enter the house, uh, there's literally like hundreds of uh, I can't think of the name of the the Native American dream catchers. They're everywhere. Uh. And um, I looked at Laura and she's like, why in the hell do they have that many dream catchers? I'm like, I have no idea. And uh, But they're everywhere. So he shows a little video to us of this light that's coming from the door on the inside. And it's running down the side of this door at an angle, and it just stops. And I tried to – it was weird. You didn't have to see it, but there's no way – I couldn't recreate it. Uh, it was definitely something strange. Uh, and um, it did it for about 20 minutes and then went away. And um, so we set up all of our stuff, and we, we immediately start setting up our cameras and what have you, and – um, so I did, I, I pull out my night vision camera and I get it set up and it'll actually run and, uh, I can actually turn it, my night vision camera, it's made for ghost hunting, but 
it actually has a setting for uh, to go ultraviolet. And so I thought, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run this thing in ultraviolet and see if I can pick up anything, you know. Uh, maybe the ultraviolet spectrum, they say, can pick up many more wavelengths. Of So why not? So I turned it on, and I had just – I had charged all three of my batteries. And uh, I stuck it in there, turned it on, it read 100%, and I start filming, and um, – I don't know. Something happened. I don't remember what happened. I remember Laura asking me if I heard something. I'm like, I said, yeah, I think I did hear that. And immediately my battery goes from 100% to 2%. It's in the red. Drained it instantly. Hmm. And I thought, well, I got a bad battery. So I pop it out. I put my other battery in. I brought my charger. I asked them, you know, can I plug it? Yeah, you can plug that in. So I plug it into their wall socket and uh, start charging my battery. So I put my other battery in, and it's at 100%. And it ran for about maybe 10 minutes and died. And I'm like, no freaking way. And so... uh I just threw that battery back in my bag, and I grabbed my next battery, and I stuck it in there, the last one I had, and luckily uh, it stayed running, and I we put it in the uh, – I put that camera in the uh, kitchen, and looking all the way down their hallway into the back, uh, and me and her, I, I grabbed a voice re- – I, I have several voice recorders, and so – I plug a set of earbuds in so I can listen real time. And um, I'm sitting on the couch, and all of a sudden, uh, we we actually hear a noise first, and then uh, the couch moves. Now, I'm a big boy, and me and Laura both are on this couch, and the couch kind of, it didn't just kind of, it moved, and I was like, what the hell? How in the hell did it move the couch <laughs> with my big butt sitting on it? No way. Mm-hmm. And um, and then uh, we decided uh, that was one one instance, but we ended up catching like a ton of EVPs at this house. And she, hopefully, uh, I can get Laura to maybe uh, we can maybe private send them to you guys. I don't know if she wants to send. Uh, like post it on your guys' website or or the Facebook page or whatever, but she's got a little clip that she condensed down of all these EVPs, and it's really it's really awesome. Uh, but um, this they had this thing laying on the floor, and I said, "What is that?" He said, "Oh, it's a Christmas decoration. You plug it in, and it throws all these little green dots everywhere." I was like, "You know what?" I don't know if you guys ever watch any of the ghost hunting shows, but they always have the, uh, I can't remember what they call it now, uh, but they always have that laser grid. Yeah. Uh, so I turned this thing on, and it's like green dots everywhere. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to see if we can make this a ghost hunting tool. And so I pointed up to the ceiling because me and me and her, me and Laura had been watching while we were sitting on the couch, and you could see uh, 
with our own eyes, uh, you could see uh, white, uh, almost a mist at one point, and then an orb shot across uh, the ceiling. And so I thought, you know what? This green grid, this green dots, this laser grid will break it up. You'll be able to see that stuff. And man, we turned it on and clear. I mean, you could see orbs. You could see uh, not just orbs, but you could see like a dark, um, a dark mass, a small mass, but it was moving around up on the ceiling. And uh, man, it was it was pretty. I mean, it was it didn't creep me out or nothing, but it was like man. Uh, these people do have something here, but I mean, I, I'm kind of wondering now if maybe it was Native American or something. I mean, you got 450 dream catchers in this house. Might have something to do with it. Yeah, I mean, uh, at some point, that's kind of like you play with a Ouija board. Uh, at some point, I think you're going to experience something right now. I don't think you really want to mess with that kind of stuff, but um but yeah we've done that place and then uh you guys know Glenn McGlenn down in Lexington? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh anomalous bookstore. Yeah the anomalous books and brews. We're we're gonna be there mm. this Saturday. Uh we're gonna do a uh we're gonna investigate his shop and then out behind uh he was telling us that some like back behind somewhere behind the book bookshop uh, years ago used to be a hanging gallows used to be the gallows mm-hmm. where they hang people so uh i think there's been some people there that's caught stuff before so i'm kind of anxious to go in there and uh do some investigating. Uh, I know me and Laura have been to Purcell to the uh, right before you get to the new bridge that crosses from Purcell to Lexington. There is a uh, on the left hand side. There's a or the north side of the street. There's a museum in Purcell, and uh, we went and investigated. Yeah, it's pretty actually really cool. It's got. Uh, it's got a lot of neat stuff in there. Um, but cool. um, it's got like a, they're kind of themed rooms too. Like one room is like about the railroad. One room is about veterans and military. And it's like local people. And um, there's actually, I don't remember, Lauren, have to tell you, I, I don't remember the story, but there's, I got, maybe it was the guy that used to live there or something, but they still have the the people's bedrooms set up in there. Well, there's a uh, there's a yeah I don't, I don't remember if it was ever proven or not, but there was a a, a rumor going around for sale that there was a, a few houses there that was near near the railroad tracks up on the hill. And it's the bigger houses, and allegedly they have uh, tunnels going underneath their houses, so the uh, the tunnels 
would take them straight down to the railroad track so they could hop on the train and leave whenever they needed. needed. But I don't know if that was ever proven true. Man, that'd be interesting. That'd be cool to find out. Yeah. Because that sounds like it was probably done back in the Prohibition era. era. Yeah, I but yeah, the uh, that's exactly what it was for during that time. Because there for a while, I believe Purcell and Lexington were uh, dry, dry towns for a while. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I do remember reading that. Um. Yeah, if you ever get a chance to go, uh, it's kind of a neat little museum if you're ever there. Uh, uh, me and her really enjoyed just walking through, looking at all the stuff. I mean, there's so much old stuff there. Um, but there's a guy that used to be uh, a writer for the newspaper, the Purcell newspaper, years ago. And it was actually a family friend of hers the curator of this museum or the lady that takes care of it, it was actually a really good family friend of theirs, and he was a writer for the – well, anyway, uh, in the very corner back there uh, facing the road, he's got a – his office was in there, and he would go in there and write. Well, it's still set up just like he had it, and he hmm. died back in the 80s. And um, – I don't remember his name now. Um, <clears throat> she uh, she was talk. She told us about him anyway. Uh, so I'm sitting in there. Laura's sitting across the room from me, and uh, I just remember looking out that big window. And I, I said, I said his name. I said, uh, "Hey, whatever." Um, I was just kind of curious. Do you ever, uh, do you ever just sit here and, and look out this window and think about how everything's changed since you have passed and or have passed away or died or whatever? And, I mean, things have changed a lot. And uh, I said, do you ever just sit here and, and think about how? Things have changed, and clear as day on my recorder, you can hear, yes, I do. And uh, I immediately stopped, rewound, took it back, and I told that lady, I said, I want you to listen to something. She's like, I don't want to listen. I said, no, it's not bad. It's just, it's, I asked a question, and somebody answered, and she goes, was it you or her? And I said, no, we didn't answer. Somebody else did. And she goes, I don't want to listen. And um, finally I got her to listen to it. And um, she didn't cry or anything, but you could definitely, you could see it in her face. Uh, I, I think she knew who it was. She never did tell me, but I could just see from the look on her face uh when I said his name, you know, do you ever think about how things have changed? And then, yes, I do. And I I don't know what he sounded like, but um, like I said, you know, it was definitely, that was probably the clearest EVP I've ever had 
it was class A, what they call class A EVP. It was just like I'm talking to you right now. Yes, I do. Hmm. Um, but I, I haven't really gotten to, uh, you know, I work out at Tinker Air Force Base, so I mean, I'm they have me busy a lot, and I work a lot of weekends, so I don't, I, I haven't got to go with uh, Lauren them as much as I'd like to, but uh, we're starting to slow enough where I can take off and uh, start going with them and doing stuff. So, uh, speaking of Tinker, one place that I think it would be really cool to go. Uh, either paranormal and or Bigfoot is right across from the runway, right across the 29th, where that old neighborhood used to be. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, they had to basically move everybody out of this neighborhood because planes kept crashing into the neighborhood. So basically, they moved everybody out and just court or just quarantined this whole neighborhood just so just in case planes crashed there. And it's grown up, and you can see uh, parts of it if you go down certain streets. You, it, there's a eight-foot fence around the whole place. You can go down certain streets and kind of see down the old roads, and it looks pretty creepy. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. That'd be uh, – I don't remember what city it was. There's a place here in Oklahoma. I, is it Sulphur? What the name of that? There's a town that they just abandoned. Oh, oh, um, oh crap! That's, that's up here that's by on us. Fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, right there. I think that would it's, be. Oh, it's it starts with a P. <laughs> but you're close. Yeah, but um. I know a lot of people drive through there still. Pitcher. It's Pitcher, Oklahoma. Pitcher. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 A friend of mine uh, or a coworker of mine is actually from there. She I, I have there. A, a friend that is into paranormal stuff, and they they actually went there and did, a, did some paranormal stuff, and uh, they said they caught EVPs there, and I was like, really? And they said, yeah, and it's creepy because it's like, you know, there used to be people that lived there. Now they've all moved, mm-hmm. and it's just a. It's like everybody packed up and left. And I'm like, yeah. huh? Yeah, I like to that go would there. That pretty cool. But, but like I said, I'm just ready for uh, all of us to get together. And I, I really mm-hmm. want to go to Parallel. I want. I really want to go see what we can find. Yeah, we need to set it up. I mean, we'll just we'll schedule it. We'll set it up because I am down. Um, I love that part of the state anyway. I think we have discussed that. You know, I I have actually. So I'm from that area, and I have first of all never heard of this of the parallel forest, and I don't know how my so my mom, um, you know, Lori that was on the show. Um, so she had texted me when she heard you say that, and she's like, "Why have we never heard of that?" Because, I mean, we're both from there, and we've never heard of that. And it just blew our minds that it it's a thing, and we don't know about it. Um, so, and I've, I've always wanted to go Bigfoot over there as well and have never done that over there either. So, um, 
so yeah, I mean, let's let's get something scheduled and we'll we'll make it happen for sure. And then we'll report back yeah. to everyone listening. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I've I've got the I've put out a few messages. Uh, I got I called uh, I called up there and talked to uh, a state park person, and she gave me some uh, numbers to try to call. And so now it's just a matter of waiting. I I gotta wait and see if they'll call me back or not. I gotta figure out another avenue. Mhm. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm gonna one way or another. I'm gonna make it happen. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just sounds. We're not, well, unless they tell me uh, if I catch you out there, I, I'm going to hold you at gunpoint, and then we may not want to do. Well, I mean, <laughs> if you could just like go test the waters for us, and then we're like report back, that that'd be fine. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm gonna take Dustin with me. So yeah, we, yeah, we that's fine. Yeah, do that. Here at Night Callers, we do not condone uh, illegal activity. We just no, we uh, condone condone that you don't get caught. Oh, <laughs> oh is that is that the rule? I did not read the That's fine print. I oops. That's my rule. But whoops. <laughs> Nobody told yeah, me. Yeah, you guys should have you guys should have sent that rule book to me before I got on the air. <laughs> yeah, because he just like he's pretty much just told everybody like let's go do this thing. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that sounds awesome. I'm really excited to go do that, um, or hopefully go do that. And, um, I had another question and now I forgot. Let's see. I've got a question. Oh, of course you do. So, uh, what what is, what is the creepiest EVP that you've, you've caught? Or that you've heard that someone you know personally has gotten? Um, the creepiest EVP I've ever heard with my own ears <clears throat> is uh, my friend Mike. Uh, he's one of the guys that uh, told me about Parallel Force. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. I can't remember where he was at. It was in Texas somewhere, because uh, he lived down close to the border of Texas in the west, in southwestern Oklahoma. But anyway, uh, he was. I cannot remember the name of that stinking bridge. Uh, we were just talking about it at Glenn's at uh, an almost the other day. Uh, I'll think of it about five minutes after we get done. Mm-hmm. Never fail. Anyway, there's a, there's a popular bridge. There's a, like a there's a a bridge down there that's bad haunted. Uh, and to lead up to this, I'll tell you the story right quick. Um, yeah, perfect. Him him and his wife, him and his wife were at this bridge, and uh, they want they've been wanting to go. And so. They, he gets all of his stuff loaded up. They get up there to the bridge, and um, they they're walking across the bridge, and you can clearly hear what sounds like a woman crying. And um, he has the audio. I, 
you know, if I can get him to give it to me, if he'll allow me, uh, I may see if I can uh, get him to let me share it. It's creepy. I mean, super creepy. Uh, they're walking across the bridge. You can hear her crying. And uh, so he's got a one million candle power. Uh, it's uh, one of those rechargeable ones, you know, that you can take with you. Uh, and uh, he hits the button. He's looking under the bridge. He don't see nothing. And uh, the crying gets louder, and it gets a little worse, actually. Um, but his wife, she takes off running. She goes, come on, there's somebody in trouble. And so she thinks there's somebody, like, hurt or something down there. So she takes off running, and he starts taking off. But he's lugging all his crap with him because he's going to set up cameras and different stuff. And uh, he leans over and hits the button on his spotlight again and just can't really – the light's not on – the girl, but uh, you can clearly see uh, something, and so he runs around the corner, and he shines it again, and uh, he I don't really remember the exact what he told me, but I just remember he said he could see her, and she's sitting against the wall underneath the bridge, backed up against the wall. She's got her knees pulled up, and she's got her arms wrapped around her knees and she's rocking and she's crying and then he's like mm. crap there's somebody in trouble he, he's thinking he said it immediately I thought this is somebody like a runaway this is like a girl that's ran away and is scared uh, that's what he thought so he just drops all of his equipment and takes off running and he passes his wife she's scared to death she had stopped where there's a little path going around to go down underneath the bridge. She had stopped, and she's like, I'm going to wait on you. Well, he passes her. He runs down the side of this thing, runs underneath the bridge, and the girl's gone. And um, he looks around, and he's like, well, she couldn't have got far. So they take off running, and um, she says, well, I'm going to stay right here. He goes, well, I'm going to go up, I'm going to run underneath the bridge here and follow it a little ways. She couldn't have got far. Uh, she's probably scared. And so he takes off running, and uh, about that time, uh, his wife hears giggling coming from behind her. No. And she turns around, and uh, she's like, I turned around really slow. And uh, there was nothing there, but when I turned back around, on the other side of the water, that little girl was standing over there and took and was just standing there, looking at her. And it, I said, "What did it look like? She said, like a little girl." And I took off running towards uh, where my husband was, was at. I was gonna go get him and have him come back and I took off running when I did she just I mean literally she went and disappeared and that's mm. when they realized that uh, there was something really bad going on and they didn't 
he realized that it's whatever's there was probably not good. And then I start watching uh, these different, you know, ghost hunters and ghost ventures. They've all been to that bridge and they've all had bad, bad encounters. But, you know, I know it's TV shows, so it could be made for TV. I don't know. Um, but I know that their experience wasn't made for TV. It was real deal. She won't go back. He doesn't really want to go back unless he's got a group with him. I can't remember the name of that stupid bridge. <laughs> You'll remember that the minute there? you hang up. Yeah. I I have two kids. I have two daughters. But there is something about a child's laughter in the deep dark woods that just does not sit well with me. I think I would rather hear a demonic voice saying, get out, than a little kid giggling in the middle of the woods at night. Um, I think... Uh, I had to look. It was killing me. I had to look it up. It was called the Maxdale Bridge, but hmm. it's in Colleen, Colleen, Texas. Um, okay, so we'll be going there. There's, an, there's another <laughs> one that's even that I I have never been to it. He's never been to it, but it's supposedly way more, a lot more going on there than what there is at the Maxdale, and that's the Goatman Bridge. And uh, yeah, you can look it up, and that's that's another one of those. Uh, Goatman Bridge is a bucket lister. <laughs> oh, it just freaks me out. It does, but yeah. you know, it's kind of like Bigfoot. You're like, you know, uh, I don't. I know some people. You know, they talk about. You know, I've never seen one with my own eyes. I I really want to. Um, mm-hmm. um, but I, I hear, I read, and I hear like Sasquatch, you know, Sasquatch Chronicles, and different, uh, different places, uh, coast to coast. Um, people say, you know, they talk about, yeah, you know, I laid eyes on this thing; it was looking at me. I never want to see one again. Uh, blah blah blah. You know, that ain't me. If I saw one, I'd be like, dude, I need to see five more. <laughs> Yeah. We're all adrenaline junkies. That's just how it goes. Um, So I did have a question um, from Lori, who is also listening in. She would like to know, um, have you, oh dear, okay. Um, Have you ever been touched by uh, an entity? Yeah. Can you tell Um, us about that real quick? Um, yeah, we have about um, ten minutes left. So <laughs> the same the same house that I told you guys at the very start uh, that the papers blew out of the boxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a um, there's an old well uh, pump shed out back, and it's it's also a uh, man. It was it was huge. It had a staircase that went down. There was an old old well down there. Uh, pup shed but it was also like a um like almost like a storm cell or something but anyway uh we went down there and um i don't 
really remember Jason, uh, my buddy, my best friend. He's like, man, uh, did you hear that? I we we heard the shuffling of his of feet, and um, so we go into the, we open the door, we go into this little room, uh, and uh, I don't know, I just got this real creepy vibe. I was like, dude, there's something wrong with this place. Let's go. And uh, he said, yeah, I've never been down here before. I said, I have never been down here before either because there's too much water. It's always flooded. And uh, usually when it's flooded, you see, like, dead mice and crap floating around in it. So I'm like, I'm not getting in there. But this particular time, it was dry. But anyway, I was like, dude, it's, like, creepy. I I mean, I don't even want to be in here. Let's go. So we turn around, and we start walking out, and my back was burning. And uh, I told I told him, I was like, dude, I think I scraped up against something. I said, I think I cut myself. And he said, he turned his flashlight on and turned around and looked, and he goes, what would you cut yourself on? There's nothing down here. There's, there's, it's all concrete. There's no nails. There's no nothing. And so he starts running his hand down, like, stuff to see if maybe there was, like, a something sticking out of the concrete that would catch me. And then we, there was nothing where we had been. And uh, anyway, we get up. We we get out of there, and we go out to my out to my pickup, and I take my shirt off, and he's I turn around. He told me to turn around. I turn around and. Right down the center of my back, I mean, running the length of my spine, you know, like long-wise, mm-hmm. about three and a half inches long, there's three scratch marks, and they're bleeding, mm. just barely. And, but that's, that's the only time I've ever had anything ever happen to me like that. Like, I've never been touched, pushed. But that particular time, uh, like I said, you know, I could you could feel it. You could feel the creepy, like you could almost feel like that. You're not wanted here, mm-hmm. feeling. Yeah. That's what you know. Like you need to go. Just, yeah, we both got that feeling at the same time, and so mm-hmm. Jason's like, I don't know what it means, man, but I don't feel like we're supposed to be here. I was like, Yeah. I'm kind of creepy let's go so i mean immediately i turned around and then bang uh, but you know this is back in 1991 no 1990 so you know our technology was nothing uh i did i had a i had a walkman with uh that i was recording with on a tape deck <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. So, um, with today's stuff, you know, I'd had a an EM like an EM meter. Uh, you know, we we have, you know, Laura's got a few gadgets we take with us, and uh, you know, it just the technology uh, we have today. You, you have the ability to to detect stuff like back then, and you just all you have is your intuition. So. Anyway, do, do y'all have one of those? Uh, I believe they're, I think they're called uh, ghost boxes. The uh, 
I've, I've heard of them. I haven't seen mm-hmm. one go through where it like scans radio stations and it picks up the words. Oh yeah, like the SB Seven Spirit Box. Spirit yeah, Box. That. Uh, no, I I don't have one. Uh, man, I I blew all my money on Bigfoot equipment. <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, as broke as I am, as broke as I am after my Bigfoot stuff that I have on my Amazon wish list, I cannot even imagine having two hobbies like that. Yeah. I can't. No, I, I can't man, I, <laughs> um, the one thing that uh, it is on, but you know, there is a app. I don't remember the name of the one that Laura has it's on her phone. There is an app and it is a spirit box type thing and we actually used it at the Wacoma's house. And it scans through radio stations. Uh and believe it or not, we were asking questions and it did at first it wasn't really doing much and uh we got back to the like it was the back bathroom right by the water washer and dryer and we started asking questions and we were getting responses to the questions. Now, was it coincidence? Maybe. But it was kinda odd that it was like direct answers to questions. Mm-hmm. So uh there is an app you can use but um There's an app I, I'd really like that. There is an app for that. <laughs> Well, I've heard a couple of uh, recordings where somebody has used one, and the way it, like, it answers back with different voices because it's, you know, constantly going through this channel is is pretty creepy. Mm -hmm. Just the way the voice sounds being all together. You're in a freaking building, and you go, uh, is there anybody here with us? And you hear, yes. I mean, out of the blue, you know, and and then, uh, well, how many people, how many spirits are here with us tonight? And you hear, you know, it may take a minute, and then all of a sudden, you hear five. I mean, how is that coincidence? I don't, I don't believe it is. That you're getting direct response to a question. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, my opinion is, I don't think that that kind of stuff happens very often. Uh, I think a lot of that stuff you see on TV is just that, made for TV. Yeah. Um, but uh, for what it's worth, I mean, I, I, I'd i really like to have one. I'd really like to have uh, – now I can't think of the name of it now. They've got a gadget that's got – it's a laser grid, and it's also a uh, Xbox Connect uh, with a software that renders uh, movement. I don't know if you've ever seen them before. Mm-hmm. Is it like the uh, what you're how you're saying that uh, that Christmas deal where it shines all the dots on the wall? It does. It it actually puts a huge laser grid on the wall in front of you, wherever you're walking. It's a handheld deal. It's got a little handle, and it throws this, a laser grid out, but it also has an Xbox Connect, you know, like you can do all the uh, 
it's kind of like the Nintendo Wii. Remember, you know how you can uh, you can bowl with it. With it, it knows your movements from your hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, anyway, it uses the the Connect software and renders. It can tell if there's somebody, if there's a something in front of you moving, it'll actually pick it up and uh, it'll basically it looks like a little skeleton moving around oh. uh, and it's it's pretty freaking weird uh i want to say it's called the sls or something like that um i really want one of those for about 300 and some dollars uh that spirit box is about 120 or 40 bucks i mean um if Laura said she uses careful, Echo Vox. Sorry. Laura said she uses Echo Vox, the app. Echo Vox. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And I'm sure Saturday uh we'll probably we'll probably have a app, the app for that out and running. <laughs> well, we are officially out of time. All righty. All right. Well, we really appreciate. For... Oh no! Thank you for coming on. We I have enjoyed this so much. Um, I mean, so Bigfoot. I mean, obviously, I, you know, it's something I'm very interested in. Mm. Yep. Yeah, I'm like I said. I I appreciate you guys having me on, and um, I uh, am really looking forward to. Uh, meeting both of you um especially dustin since he's just he's like my my neighbor over here <laughs> yeah i'm just down the road a little bit yeah, <laughs> yeah we really appreciate in contact you. with you guys for sure i think lauren might have gotten kicked off i don't hear her yep she got booted um yeah right, so we're gonna close that <laughs> we're gonna close out and uh, we really appreciate okay. you coming on. And uh, let me know how this weekend goes at uh, in Lexington, and we'll uh, get you on for a follow-up maybe in the, in the future. Sounds good. You guys take care, and uh, you be careful this weekend and have a good time. All right. You too. Thank you. Thank you. And, and good night, everyone, and we will see you all next week. Bigfoot Radio.